0: Come to the cabaret, old oh, chum. Uh, come to—no, you don't have to go to the cabaret. The cabaret's coming right to you here on the Harland Highway podcast. What a what a what a great show I have for you today, gang! Today's show is extra long. It's like double the length. Um, I have a very special guest uh, with me today, a friend of mine who's uh, a filmmaker, an actor, a producer. And he's going to tell us about his career, his films, his experiences uh, in the entertainment industry. And also he's going to share with us a very personal and very inspirational story about a near-death experience he had. That involved a horrible car accident that literally, technically, saw this gentleman actually die for short bursts of time three times. And I think you'll be inspired and moved by by his story and uh, by the events and and how he's managed to come through it and carry on. It's uh, it's uh, it's quite a you know almost like a miracle. And, uh, of course, I couldn't be happier because uh, he's been a friend for a long time, and he's a wonderful guy, and creative and funny, and I'm so glad he's here with us today. This is a special edition of the Harland Highway. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce... The Harland Highway. I promise you, I will please you all. Believe me. What is he like? What's he like, anyway? You're listening to Harlan Williams. Why don't you give me a name and a face and a reason why? Oh, man, what do you expect? You guys? a gigolo, man. (laughs) It's over, Johnny. It's over. Nothing is over. You just don't turn
1: it off. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harlan Highway.
0: Weird. Just plain weird. You know what I mean? I'm still alive. to the Harland Highway. Oh, you'll get your money's worth. Believe me. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Harland Highway podcast. Uh, what a show I have today. This is, this is going to be a real... Uh, this is going to be probably a Chinese and Danish delight rolled together. Uh, one of my old friends who I've been kicking around in Hollywood for, uh, for many years with uh, is my special guest today I'll, I'll introduce him in just a minute but uh, incredible story he's a filmmaker, he's an actor we met on the set of a movie and uh, we've been friends ever since but uh, his story is uh, inspiring and creative and uh, monumental uh, not just uh, when we talk about his career but also some, some uh, life changing things that happened to him and uh, you're gonna love them. Uh, welcome, my guest, filmmaker, actor, entrepreneur, producer, Superman. It's uh, Ford Austin. Everybody, how are you, Bud? Hey,
1: you left Wolverine off there. Oh too. shoot, yep.
0: hold on. Uh, and Wolverine, ladies and gentlemen, wow. please cross that out. You are a Wolverine. Yeah. Do you eat deer and stuff oh, at man. night?
1: Deer, yeah, deer horn, deer antler. I, I, you eat deer, deer antler? Is yep. that
0: good for your virility?
1: I just wipe it all over my face and wow. go out and run in the park. It's phenomenal. Is
0: it crushed or do you actually scrape antlers on your face? <laughs> yeah, I scrape antlers on my face. Wow, you're you a saw tough... me in the parking lot, right? Yeah. Yeah! Wow! What, have you ever crushed like a moose antler all over your oh face?
1: Oh gosh, that—that's like what Terry Crews does. Terry you got to be Cruise. a
0: massive person to do that. Who's Terry Crews? Terry
1: Crews? Yeah, massive, amazing actor who's now hosting Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. He's on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. This is actually a. A show about him let's talk about terry Crews oh, for an hour
0: i think i know he's the bald black guy right i don't see color i <laughs> just see bald he bald yeah. yeah he has no hair he's the bald he's just the bald the guy the bald
1: guy that does all the the pectoral <laughs> dances with his pecs
0: yeah oh <laughs> man he's been in a few movies and stuff too yeah, he's
1: worked once or twice
0: how do you go from regis philbin Hosting Who Wants to Be a Millionaire to big crazy black bald guy. I don't
1: know. I'm still trying to figure out how to get to Regis Philbin,
0: and then that uh, Oh, really? You there. you want to have words with him? Oh God! Yeah, I want to find him. Oh. Yeah, are you mad at him, or do you want <laughs> oh, to? Be... Yeah. Oh wow! What did he do? Oh. <laughs> he went on a
1: date with my mother. Are you kidding oh, me? Oh my God! Regis Philbin. Was it physical?
0: Oh, beyond physical. It was like they got married twice. So you want to like you want to have a real good tongue lashing for for Philbin.
1: Why not? Who doesn't?
0: You should rub his face in a pair of elk horns. Oh god. That'll teach the little munchkin. That's exactly what I'm going to plan.
1: How are you? How are you, buddy?
0: I'm good, man. The question is, how are you? I want to talk about I was going to jump in and talk about your new movie, uh-huh. which we're going to get to. But when you first got here, you know, when we met, you you know, you were you were this young crazy actor guy and I was this young crazy actor guy. Now we're a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And we met probably must have been twelve years ago, I think. Yeah.
1: Two thousand one.
0: And uh and somewhere in the middle of it all, you got into a really wicked car accident.
1: Yeah, four years ago. Four years ago yeah. was, it was life changing. You know, my life was on this path. I was working. I was making movies in Hollywood. I was directing movies. Right at the time, I had a movie I was making for Lionsgate. I had another movie I was doing. And uh, George Lucas's company, Skywalker Sound, was doing all the sound on it. I was doing the sequel to Showgirls, which I'm sure you've watched. Wow, Showgirls of too. course, of course. And, um, and a couple of others. And
0: Elizabeth Berkeley. I did yeah. a movie with her.
1: So right about that time, I was driving home from the studio in my... Hollywood douchebag Porsche car
0: the the little the little tiny one that all yeah. all it seems like a lot of producers and directors yeah, have they, those they
1: give it to you when you get your SAG card and your PGA card yeah yeah your...
0: what are those called the Carros or something what are oh, they called oh man it's uh the, they're they're little boxers, right the boxster it's the yeah, boxster. boxster yeah yeah, yeah. so you cayenne. were you were whipping down the street like in Hollywood in yeah. the middle of the night
1: at uh 2:33 in the morning and i lost control of the car fell asleep oh I was heading north on Highland and then it spun around so that I was heading south on Highland. And I basically, you remember how Paul Walker's car accident happened where you like bashed into a pole? Yeah, the guy from Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah, whose new movie is coming out. And I hope everybody sees it to honor that guy's memory because he was a really great actor. Yeah. So his accident was the same as mine, except their car caught on fire. Oh, wow. So mine bent around a pole on the driver's side right at the hip. And I woke up in the windshield. 15 minutes later, a firefighter walked up to the car and he I said, hey, get me out of here. I want to live. Yeah. I don't know where those words came from. But he fired up the jaws of life and I thought it was a chainsaw. And I said, no, just forget it. Leave me here. I'll figure it out. And I collapsed and I woke up two weeks later from a coma.
0: You thought you thought he was going to use the jaws of life to to, to disassemble yeah. you. I thought
1: it was a chainsaw and that they would cut me so they don't hurt the car.
0: And then reassemble you at the hospital.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: And so s- I, so you're in the hospital and you go into a coma for two weeks. Well, they put me into a coma. Oh, they put my, induced. My
1: injuries were so bad. Oh. They say I was going 90 miles an hour at the time that my body hit the pole, right on my hip. No airbags, nothing. Yeah, 90 yeah. miles an hour in a convertible. Wow. And I've never heard of anybody surviving that accident. Not James Dean, not Paul Walker. And, wow. Um, I woke up from the coma because I heard my wife talking to me. Because when you're in a coma, your ears are open, but your eyes are closed. So what happens is your mind extrapolates a visual to go along with what you're seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whenever somebody would come into the room, I'd see like crazy. Like my uncle came into the room and I saw him as uh, Yosemite Sam in Jodhpur's. Thought he was a CHP officer who was going to ride me up the coast on his motorcycle. Okay. Meanwhile, he's just a guy from Oklahoma that hangs out and plays chess and smokes dope. So, I, uh, I would see people. I heard my wife say, you promised you'd never leave me. Please don't ever leave me. And she repeated it over and over again. And in my mind, I said, that's right. I did. I made a promise to her. Yeah. And, um, and I woke up. And she was standing over me, and she said, there's been an accident. You're at Cedar sinai Hospital.
0: This was after two weeks?
1: After two weeks. Wow. She said, everything's going to be okay. She just talked really calmly. Yeah. My whole family was there. Everybody flew from around the country to say goodbye to me. Not to wish me well, some of them did. They thought you were Kaputsky's. Say goodbye, yeah, parting words. And um,
0: Now, wait a minute. When you came out of the coma, what, did, does the medical staff bring you out of the coma, or did you just come out of it on your own?
1: So they I guess they back the medication off, and then they go, okay, well, he's, hopefully he'll wake up in the next 72 hours. Wow. Or he's gone. That's tense, man. And um, so I woke up. After how long? Two
0: weeks, and I was paralyzed. No, once they they put you put that reversal. Oh, I, I, you mo- know, I
1: don't, I don't remember what that uh, time frame was. Okay. But okay, I woke up, and I was paralyzed. So
0: from the legs down, from from no, the from waist down, the
1: whole left side of my body was paralyzed. Oh my because god! Because I had a brain injury from hitting the windshield that affected my nerves, and my whole coccyx was cracked, and all my ribs, everything, my. Uh, spleen was ruptured and had to be oh. removed my lungs collapsed my kidneys failed my heart stopped for three times and um, they had to use the paddles to bring me back but so I'm there
0: dude you are you are a fighter <laughs> it was crazy
1: and I'm and I'm in wow. front of my wife and my mom and because I'm paralyzed and I can't talk because I'm intubated they think well he died for three minutes we have to determine if he's a vegetable or not, if he's brain dead. Wow. And so my biggest thing was I had to prove to them that I was alive and then I was having conscious thought.
0: Yeah. Because oh I couldn't, God. I
1: couldn't move and I couldn't talk. And
0: so they're, le- they're standing over you talking about pulling the plugs yeah. and well, you're no. listening and yeah. you that's like being buried alive in a coffin. Yeah,
1: it is. It is. But they weren't going to pull the plug. I hope, I hope not. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a big thing. And then I spent the next six months at USC or uh, at Cedar Sinai. Yeah. And um, had to relearn how to speak, and I had to relearn how to do math, and I had to relearn how to move my hand and walk. Oh, and my hip was shattered, but still they would get me up and make me walk with a shattered hip. And. Um,
0: was that excruciating? It was painful? unbelievable.
1: Pain, unbelievable. My hip was shattered for 10 months. I went home from the hospital with a shattered hip. Wow. A suitcase attached to my stomach that sucked my stomach closed. And it was everything out of like the worst horror film you've ever seen.
0: Good Lord. It's like centipede meets Dr. Giggles.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with a little bit of uh, good times thrown in. Right. And, uh, you know, oh I was catheterized God. and it was really painful because my whole body had to be rebuilt. So I went home and i basically was in a hospital bed at home yeah where i had to i was still trying to relearn how to talk i couldn't talk and the craziest thing was because of the brain injury yeah i couldn't think clearly
0: yeah yeah and i
1: couldn't intonate i couldn't tell a joke yeah you know i couldn't say things like you know a lot of people think that chewbacca's dad was a general in the military but really he was a podiatrist (laughs) he was a yeah. Yeah. so (laughs) i had to do that for you so uh I literally had to relearn how to do all that and just sort of hope yeah. that my mind would start to stitch it all back together. And we did things like I would take singing lessons where a guy would come to my house and sit sit on my hospital bed while I sat there in the hospital, li- lied down in the hospital bed, and he would just sit there for a month and go, oh... And I was like, when am I going to get to learning a song already? This guy's yeah. just teaching me how to do waterfalls of sound.
0: sound it sounds almost like he was pleasuring himself, yes, if you he ask was. me. He we, was. Could you see him, or was there a curtain oh, between man. you? Oh,
1: there was a curtain. I don't know oh, what was God, going on Oh, God, dude, I there. hate
0: to tell you this, but the, he wasn't there singing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Good Lord. How did he go? Uh yeah, that's no. It's not singing. I singing wish I is about ring that. around the rosy. Uh, when you hear ah oh, ah oh, behind the curtain oh in the hospital God. room, that ain't no singing teacher, <laughs> oh dude. Yeah, are you okay? Yeah, Do you yeah need I need a shower. I'm in therapy now.
1: <laughs> I'm in therapy for this. Um, so then I, you know, I spent that whole time, that wow. whole year, basically at home wow. in a hospital bed in a wheelchair and, uh, and yeah. just
0: so so people can know that you are a super active guy like before the accident you you Ford is one of these guys that's doing a million things at once, running yeah. here and there, going to casting sessions, reading scripts, meeting with people. You, you're like the Energizer Bunny.
1: I'm just trying to stay active. Yes. I know,
0: but you love it. You're a very creative, creative person and yeah. you love making product and oh. and art. And so, so for the notion of you la- being laid up, it's it's, it's insane. But even that's to think a, about it.
1: That's a really great point because I forgot. One of the things that I did in the hospital once I was able to think clearly is I was producing a film from my hospital bed. Oh, wow. It was a documentary about same-sex marriage. So I didn't have to do much except make phone calls. And my right hand was working. So I would make phone calls, and I got us a theatrical release on both coasts for that movie from the hospital bed. And then I wrote a web series where I had some guy sit there with a computer, and I dictated to him
0: what the scripts should be. You were like Stephen Hawking at Cedar Sinai. Yes. You yes. were like C- Cedar Hawking. I was trying to figure out <laughs> how uh, to stay active. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> is the name of your movie called Oh, by any oh. chance? <laughs> yeah. Wow, dude. Yeah. So and then- now, there was a spiritual element to this, too. You mentioned, and and this, this is what I think will be inspirational to people... If, you, if you're comfortable talking about it, <laughs> when you initially were in the car and you went through the windshield, yes. you mentioned that you had kind of a Patrick Swayze ghost moment where you feel like you you saw yourself, you saw uh, deceased relatives. Can we talk about that of course, a bit? Of
1: course, yeah. But you know, the thing that happened was I... Immediately after I kind of came to... In the windshield. In the windshield, I was no longer in the windshield. I was standing outside of the car and I turned around and I looked and I saw the car smashed against the pole and my body was pinned in it. Wow. And so you were looked, looking at yourself I was looking at myself and I looked down and my feet were barefoot and I looked ahead and there was my great grandfather who lived until he was about 76, but he was 35 years old and he was dressed to go fishing. What I thought was hunting had yeah. a hunting vest on. And, um, his son was next to him, dressed in a fedora and a suit to go to work. And he uh, worked for his dad his whole life. Yeah. And then there was this doorway of white light that just was pure white light beaming at me.
0: Really? So it's that typical what you hear yeah. about from people who have an out-of-body afterlife yeah. experience? It was it was like a radiating... Like, was it hard to look at with the no. eyes? Or it, was it inviting? Was it Was it pulling you? It what wasn't
1: what? pulling me. It wasn't inviting. It was there.
0: It was just Because there. what I
1: was really focused on was my great-grandfather. Yeah. In that moment, I felt I really had to thank him because he worked his ass off his whole life just and always thought about his kids and his grandkids and all this stuff. And, you know, to this day, we still sort of live in his house in Oklahoma City. Yeah. We have it and stay there from time to time. So I walked up to him and I said, I just want to thank you so much for doing everything in your life that allowed me to have a better life. Wow. And he nodded and smiled at me. And then I turned to his son, who also was about 35 years old. Yeah. And he said, do something for yourself that nobody else can claim. Don't be like me. And I smiled at him, and then I looked at the doorway of white light, and I, I looked deep into it, and I saw millions of little angel wings or wings fluttering through it. Wow. And then it started vacillating from pure white light to silvery tones of pink, orange, yellow and lighter colors yeah all lighter colors all silvery tone and then it changed into a shape of a person and I didn't know if like that was supposed to be my spirit standing next to them you know like a generational yeah. thing or if that was like something else like a holy Spirit thing and um, so I just stood there for a second and then all three of them pushed me back into my body.
0: Wow. In the car. And let me ask you this. When you were looking at your own body, was your body still conscious? Like, were you still alive lo- a- I don't awake? know if it
1: was conscious or not. I just, just, I just saw, saw the body. back of my head in okay. the windshield. So they
0: push you back in.
1: And then I cycled through all of these visions and coma-related things. And, like, being pu- pulled down. I died three times in this accident. And they revived me three times at the hospital. So... Amazing. Each time, I don't know if this is what it was, but there were three different instances where I experienced being sucked down through a tunnel into a room where I was hovering over the room, looking at a table in between a bunch of people, and a body was on the table, and I thought it was somebody else. I didn't know it was me. I was hovering down in the room, and then finally I hovered down, and it was me on the table, and all the people around were the doctors and family members.
0: So you were, you were having an out-of-body experience, and obviously. Something, and then... It can't be a coincidence. I mean, there might be people listening now and go, oh, here we go again with the white light and the door and the relatives, but it can't be a coincidence that so many people, whether they're religious or not religious, have this moment. It, it it's got to be something that's tied to us as human beings i, I it it's not possible for so many p- people to have such a common visual spiritual experience like the one you had the the white light the radiating light the seeing relatives relatives that the, the visions of angel type wings something. and, I, and I don't know, hovering it, over your own seeing your own body yeah. so it, it's very fascinating because i think a lot of people get skeptical and 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 this and that but you know, it's not till you know someone that, you know, as I know you or someone in your family and they come back and they tell you this happened and you can believe them because you know them. And and you go, there's just no way all the people through through history could be having the same kooky dream, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I definitely it's feel amazing.
1: that. And when I woke up, I was like, did I really experience all this? Like, yeah. God. And then there was a book that came out about a month ago. After I was in the hospital, when I was coherent, called yeah. Heaven is for Real, where this little kid, they yeah. made it into a movie. Yeah, I saw so, the movie. And, yeah. I was, and I read the book because my sister was like, you have to read this. And there was a lot of similarities. And then I started kind of looking at all of that. And I was never really overly religious before. Like, yeah. I wasn't b- baptized until I got married in my first marriage. And just wasn't really raised up in a religious household. Yeah. So for me, it was really more just I was... Experiencing this connection to family members that were concerned about me. Yeah, that's what it was for me. I was experiencing these people who are really important to me in my life. I
0: gotta ask, was I there? Of
1: course, you were there. I was not. You were were in the passenger seat. What are you talking about? We were both dead.
0: Oh, oh, great, great. I'm glad you made it back. I I, I mean, was I there in your group of important people? It doesn't sound like it. No, no, just just the the guys, just those guys. Just your family. crazy thing happened two years later
1: when I became well. Yeah. I went out to my (laughs) great-grandfather's cabin in Wisconsin that he had built in 1929. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going through the cabin, and I'm messing around with doors and stuff, and I go in, and I go in the
0: garage.
1: Yeah. And I find the freaking vest that he had on.
0: In the vision. In the, the vision. The fishing vest. The fishing vest. Wow. I
1: find the vest. And I make my uncle put it on. And it, and it was weird. like unreal. It was so wow, unreal. That,
0: that's amazing. I wonder if there, there's something. Did you check the pockets or something? Of course. Yeah, I
1: looked through all the pockets. Everything was empty. Interesting. Um, interesting. But it was, you know, it was a very healing time for me these past... It's four years since the accident.
0: And is it, obviously, I think I already know the answer, but I'll let you put it in your own words. What's your outlook on life now? Do you feel like you've been given a second chance? Are you more religious? Are you more spiritual? Are you more, I've got to live every single day to the fullest, like what's your, your outlook now when you wake up in the morning?
1: Well, one of the things that I had to really embrace when I was in the hospital was a couple of notions. One of them is patience. Yeah. Because there were so many days where I could not talk. Right. And I didn't believe I could talk. Where my wife, who was with me through the whole thing, she would do rounds with the doctors in the morning. Yeah. And then go to work and then come back and
0: then wow.
1: put, tuck me in and then go back home.
0: What a great wife. And... Is she single? Because oh, She sounds yeah. like the type of girl I she's, should be you dating. You could get an
1: award for that, right?
0: Is she, yeah. Like this I hope Oscar they get an for award best husband. for that. Yeah. So, uh,
1: <laughs> but she kept me in process. And wow. that's what it was. It was about being patient. Yeah. And we had this saying where we were patient patients. Because really we learned that when you go through an accident like that, you're not the only one. Yeah. Everyone you know and your family, they all go through it with you. Like yeah. you were in that car accident with me. When yeah. you heard about it, you were like, oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Yes. I remember I, I, I talked to you probably around the halfway mark when you were when you were really still healing vigorously and 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 you know we weren't sure there were still times when you were in and out of we didn't know if you were going to make it or not and i remember i got to talk to you uh while you were i think still in the hospital or still in your bed and and it was just emotional for me to hear you you know hear you kind of a little bit helpless and vulnerable like that and and hoping and praying that you would you would get better and it was it was it was just it's it's hard and i'm not as close to you as your family obviously but it's hard to know that someone you know about you care about is down you know and, and yeah and it's that patience process applies to us too because we just have to let nature and and healing take its course and and it's very can be frustrating and and time consuming and and test you you know
1: that's one of the things i really learned out of it was the patience yeah if you really are patient on a long enough timeline everything improves yeah yeah all you gotta do is just stick around and stick with it everything improves look at history yeah right everything has gotten better for everybody everything maybe except for civilizations that like died out but Still or civilizations
0: current. that still want to move backwards, you know, like some Africa. of these radicals in the Middle East. Yeah, are, yeah. That they, they they wanna they wanna take all the forward motion and turn it backwards. So so not everything, but most. Well, not things, today, yes. not
1: today. But in like on a long enough timeline, those guys will fade away because yeah. progress and creation. You can't always it. win over destruction. Always wins. Always. Yeah. Just yeah. it's It's more of a creative world. Yeah. Yeah. Things get created. There's other things that get destroyed. Like those jerks that are, you know, yes. Yeah. But those guys aren't going to be around forever. Yeah. Those guys are going to be, they're going to run on us. Of of course not. Of course not. Of course not. They won't. So, but the other thing I learned in the hospital, aside from patients, was just that you got to stay in process. Yeah. Like there were days and weeks and months when I could not walk.
0: And they didn't think you'd ever, they told you that you would never walk or talk, right? Yeah, doctors
1: gave me a 1% chance of survival.
0: Of living. Of living. Wow. And they
1: said, you will never walk again. And I had another doctor, a specialist say, I never thought that you would have, I thought you'd be catheterized for life. And then I had to have my whole urethra reconstructed. And boy, that's a walk in the park, I'll tell you. I bet.
0: You're like peeing out your ear probably at some point.
1: Yeah, I wish it was my ear. At least it would have been part of me.
0: Oh, wow. So, uh,
1: but, you know, it's just being positive and staying positive about it and thinking. amazing. And there was somebody famous that said this when they got sick. They said, I don't have the luxury of a negative thought.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: that's what we kept on saying is we, we we started to put the word yet on the end of everything because like I couldn't talk yet I yeah. couldn't sp- I couldn't eat yet I couldn't walk yet it took me two years to really walk well
0: did you ever have a conversation about yetis
1: oh that was all that's all we do
0: now right because that would have been fun to hear I can't yeti yet I can't yeti yet soon I will yeti yet. yeah
1: let me hear your best yeti
0: What is a Yeti? Oh,
1: man. It's like your dad, right? (laughs) (laughs) My dad, the Yeti. (laughs) Everybody's dad turns into a Yeti from all the body hair after
0: a while. Must put cafeter in my ear, must I? Yeah.
1: Um, So, But then we went on, and after two years, I got out of the wheelchair and got off the cane and the walker. And... I went through two phases in eight different hospitals over the course of that time. God. Two coasts, and thank goodness for insurance.
0: Yeah. Because – Oh, something that huge would just break you. You, You'd have to go out in the street and just die under a stop sign.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't do that, but guess a number. How much do you think it cost?
0: To heal you and Mm -hmm. bring you back? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say – I'm going to say – Six million dollars, seven and a half. Seven and a half.
1: You amazing. wanted to call me the six million dollar man, but you na- now yeah. you got to call me the seven, seven and a, and a, half, and a million half million dollar man. It just
0: rolls off the tongue. That's amazing. Yeah. But see, it, th- what, what's funny to me, I didn't flinch when you said that because when you're talking about bringing someone back from the, from the grave, from the brink of death, money's irreve- irrelevant. Yeah. Like it, it, it didn't even phase me when you said, like, Okay, if that's what you need, great, he's back. Yeah. Uh, you could have said ten million. I want oh, Great, done. You know, it, it's, it doesn't matter at that point. And and you know the hospital systems and insurance systems are so huge. And I was so There's lucky. There's so much money in there. They always act like they don't have money, but you know, just look at the uh, the insurance for Progressive with that girl Flo. Yeah. You know how much it costs to make one commercial? It probably costs about seven million dollars to make a flow commercial. Yeah,
1: flow pulls that in one year,
0: and they make those commercials. That they do like three a month. Yeah. So, so they got time. Ton- flows just flow. The progressive does a whole bunch of other commercials. So they make they make Is that, a that kill it How
1: much does that lizard pull in? The
0: lizard. I mean, the caveman. The money guy on the bike. The money guy on the bike. All of them. These guys have so much money that that. To to put like seven and a half million towards healing you is it for, really for them is a drop in the bucket. Yeah. So you can't flinch when you hear that because it's, they should be paying to bring people back. Well, That's, you know, I
1: felt like I was really just helping to redistribute everybody else's insurance money. Yeah, there you go. Just take it back out of their pockets and put it yeah. towards somebody good.
0: And then someday it'll happen for someone else.
1: I can't wait to help somebody else get through what I went through. I'll
0: tell well, you. Well, let's hope nobody has to go through what you went through. But yes, well, amazing story. We could talk about it in much more detail, but... You know, I really appreciate you sharing. It's a very intimate thing, and I, I think people hearing it will be inspired, and, and I'm certainly grateful. Before, before you move on about yeah. it, I
1: just want to thank yeah. my wife, Lori Dash. Lori because Dash. Because she was really the advocate that I needed. She was there with me every yeah. day. Oh, and yeah. She loves course, me, and man. I love her so much. And Dude. And my cat helped out a lot, too. Zoe, oh, really? Zoe
0: Austin was there. Did the cat, like, do back scratches on well, you No, that we couldn't
1: bring the cat to the hospital. So the day I got home, I start, I burst into tears when I saw her Aww. in my wheelchair because she didn't recognize me, and I just was, like, weeping.
0: Oh, that's sad. And, um, but did she get to reacquainted with you? Yeah. I mean, she must have picked up on your scent and...
1: Now she was interested in the wheels. They must have rolled through something on the way into the apartment. Oh, really? Some, yeah.
0: Rolled through a patch of catnip or something. Exactly. Exactly. So oh, now wow. she's.
1: But Zoe Austin's there with me day in and day out now.
0: Aww. Yeah. See, animals, animals are great healers. Like dogs and cats, you know, they can't speak, but that's why they take them to hospitals and seniors' homes. That they, they have great healing properties.
1: I heard there's a woman who's traveling around with a peacock now. She uses yeah. as a therapy pet. Yeah. Can you do a peacock impersonation?
0: Nachos <laughs> <laughs> Belgrande. That was a peacock at the Taco Bell. It drive-thru. was. I yeah. like the
1: specificity.
0: Well, I remember I got whiplash once. Uh, I was in a car accident. I got, I hurt my neck.
1: That's like the same thing I went through. Yeah,
0: but I got whiplash and I had trouble turning my neck, so I was able to get my hands on a giraffe. And the healing that that little fella did for me, like just to have... Something with me with a really long neck and look around for me when I couldn't. I mean, what a healer! What a, and then I'm an idiot. I went to the uh, ceiling fan store. Oh my god, poor guy. I mean, all he was trying to do was help, and I take him into a ceiling fan store and. Oh, oh, Melvin. Well, at least he got me back where I needed to be.
1: Well yeah, that was Melvin's journey. Yeah.
0: But anyway, speaking of journey, we're go- I'm we're just glad you're here. You're healthy. You're back to work. You're walking, you're talking, you're doing everything you used to do. And uh Hey, let uh, me tell you about my new movie. Yeah, let's I was gonna so get back into Back to that. Yeah, back let's that. let's
1: hear about your uh, your new your new flick, dude. Oh, gosh, I've got this amazing new movie called The Astronaut. What is it? It's uh, a short twenty four minute film that we just qualified for the Academy Awards. Come on. And we got accepted for the
0: 2016 Academy Award. Oh, wow!
1: Yes, sir. Wow, and we got accepted to
0: Cannes. No way. Yeah, so we're gonna be at the Cannes
1: Film Festival with it.
0: Give us a run, give us a rundown of the movie. So basically, it's a father and son story that the director
1: James Schumacher made about his relationship with his father. And Drew you're Walt producing was, the movie? I produced the movie, yes. I'm wow. producing Wow. Now
0: Schumacher's it. a pretty big guy, isn't he? What's he? Well what's that's he a
1: different Schumacher. This is a James okay. Schumacher out of Reno. Okay. Oh, Very the intense, Reno. difficult market to work in as a director, Reno.
0: Reno's tough, huh? It's
1: like working out of like Bolivia. You oh just, wow. It's even hard to get at your hands on equipment, but he did. Yeah. And so we made this movie The Astronaut, which is a really wonderful story about this family relationship and it kind of is uh, got some tones of the same thing i went through with the car accident which is when you go through something your whole family goes through it yeah 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 yeah. and it's about this man who was an astronaut and his son is a an aspiring astronaut child little toddler sure played by aiden aaron a kid or not a kid or not and then the father is played by john moslin
0: wait who's that he's a a newcomer a a hot shot newcomer actor and then there's another
1: The mother is played by Connie Joe Sechrist. All three of these actors are just top talents. Wow. And they're really driving home the film, which I produce with a couple of other people, John Hollis and yeah. Matt Sconce.
0: Wow, wow. And, and can and people see it online? Is not it? yet, not okay. yet. As
1: soon as we get done with all of the Oscar stuff and the
0: Wow, that's a nice thing to say. Yeah, as soon as we're done with all the Oscar stuff, Uh I'll let let you have a peek at it. Yeah,
1: we'll have some uh, peeks. That's a rare
0: place to be. Just say that sentence is you must be on Cloud Nine Uh, right now. I'm
1: really lucky. I'm really lucky because this is my sixth film that I've qualified for the Oscars. And I'm hoping that it's the best one. I'm hoping it's the best. The last one I did was a documentary, the one I was doing in the hospital bed. Yeah. Um. And um, we came close. We came, came close. close. Live Do you action. think
0: this one will, will, will win? I'm
1: hoping. Or at least oh get us a God. nomination. Or shortlisted, at least. Who cares? It's such a wonderful movie. And all of the wow. actors and the producing and the directing, it's just coming together so nicely. And what's it called? The Astronaut.
0: The Astronaut.
1: The Astronaut directed, written, and produced by James Schumacher. And? Produced by Ford Austin. Yeah. Starring Connie Jo T John Moslin and introducing Aiden Aaron
0: 2016 Academy Awards yeah. well everybody listening keep your eyes open and uh, when when you know it's uh, available for mass consumption on the internet let us know and we'll we'll tell everyone You'll how to watch it. it good yeah absolutely well amazing I got some more film questions for you later but I want to shift gears now okay let's go on a completely... Different direction We're going to
1: have a Chewbacca
0: uh, You want to have a Chewbacca sure. Before the next question Let's hear the Chewbacca okay, yeah, okay you start Okay, You start Oh sorry I stepped on yours yeah. Go again <laughs> My turn mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait <laughs> Oh that was, <laughs> <better>. yours, <laughs> was yours was better I think <laughs> Oh <No>, that's it <laughs>
1: You're emoting a lot there. You got a lot, a lot of. You're, a lot you're like of a, you're like a method Wookiee in that moment. Yeah,
0: huh? that was deep. Wow. I, f- I felt hairy.
1: Did you ever see that episode that's on YouTube now of just the Chewbacca family on their planet? No, the whole thing. It's no. Chewbacca, his dad, his mom, or no, it's Chewbacca and his wife and kids.
0: He has a wife and kids. On this episode, are they hairy? Is,
1: and they're so hairy. And I think they all have the bandoliers. God. Even the kids are at war.
0: I wonder if they're like doodles. do they not shed or do they shed? Can no, you imagine all the lint
1: brushes they'd need, right?
0: Well, imagine hanging out at a Wookiee's house. You you leave your suit would look like you spent the night in a Walmart sleeping bag with a with a polar bear. You'd just oh be covered God. in hair.
1: Goodness. Well, the funny thing about this episode is they all speak in Wookiee talk and there are no subtitles. And it's like 20 minutes long and
0: you you totally get it. <laughs> Well, I guess it's no different than a parrot or a, you know, lion's, you know, grout. They understand. Yeah, I don't each see a other. half hour
1: episode of Lion Talk, though, with no yeah. subtitles. Yeah.
0: Wow. Interesting. Well, I, did nothing. I love Wookiees, man. What's I, I, this
1: next question you have? Oh, what do you got Jim. going on over there?
0: Oh, well, listen, we're going <coughs> to switch gears. Uh, this question is, um, you know, I always like to throw stuff at people that they can't really prep for. Yeah. So here's my question. We just talked about your cat. Yeah. Now we're going to switch to dogs. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're lost on an island Mm -hmm. or you're lost in the Amazon. You're somewhere. You're completely lost with your dog. And it comes down to do you eat your dog to stay alive or do you kind of pass away and allow your dog to eat you? Oh, gosh. It's a toughie, but I had to ask it. It's
1: no toughie. There's there's no... Oh, there's nothing i i well, i saved the dog i don't eat the dog there's y- no way i can eat the dog you, you don't okay, eat me? the dog to stay alive c- no well so no i don't think i do you don't well okay how about this maybe i split the difference so you we, eat half
0: the dog we it down to them a three-legged dog
1: because three-legged dog's got a lot of moxie right yeah, you ever you ever seen like a three-legged dog?
0: Yeah, but then you're trapped on an island with a dog who's really pissed at you because, like, dude, you ate one of my legs. Maybe he's <laughs> pissed. You Maybe were he's like a forgiving my buddy dog. used to throw the frisbee for you. You eat one of my damn legs, dude. Yeah.
1: What's the most forgiving breed of dog?
0: I don't know. I don't know if any dog gets over you eating its leg yeah. in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think at that point that dog, you know, dude, just eat all of me, dude.
1: Oh my goodness. Well.
0: Just my legs, seriously? There's no vegetation on the island? No, I mean, there is. You could eat a leaf, but but to stay alive, you need to eat the I dog. I have to
1: eat the dog or die.
0: Or you, I'm saying you could die, and the dog they instinctually would probably eat you because you're, we're flesh, and eventually it would probably start to starve and naturally would probably eat you. Why wouldn't you? I
1: fish? I'm on an island. Why then wouldn't I catch just a fish?
0: A, it doesn't matter. You're the, you can't bring in other variables. You're at the point where it's you're down to you have to decide. Jesus. Do I eat the dog or do I die?
1: No, gosh. I Slowly. No, I can't eat the dog. Okay. So you're going to die. No, I can't eat. The dog's going to eat you. The dog and I are a team. How do we wind up on the island? It doesn't matter. We're buddies. That's how we're there. But are you okay with the dog
0: eating you? I'm dead.
1: He can have me. I would love for him to survive and live another day and be able to go and make friends because he lived on my body. Wow. I'm gone. Yeah. He can go and live a long dog life.
0: Okay. You know dogs only live about twelve to fourteen <laughs> yeah, years. Seven right?
1: years for a boxer, right?
0: And that's what it is actually, a boxer. Oh. Yeah. So you're pretty So I just much gave up
1: my life for a dog. For but you well, gave you know, up your
0: life for about two years of a dog.
1: That's what came out of that accident. I'm a very giving person. Wow. Though. I'm very giving.
0: Wow okay that's look that's your answer I got I, I got tried
1: to I tried to go in one the, with the leg let's let's put it that
0: you were kind yeah you I would I would have done the leg but you
1: said he'd get pissed so
0: well he would be mad I mean seriously, if I think if I'm he'd a boxer, forget I mean, he's not I mean, an like, elephant dude he's a dog ate, we were here in paradise we were making sandcastles that you were singing calypso I mean, and paradise. I'm no sleeping food. and you eat my leg dude.
1: There's no paradise. There's no
0: food. Oh my uh, gosh. I don't know. I don't okay, well that's your answer. Uh, 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 why wow. or why not do you want to be Fort Austin on the team that goes to Mars? Do you want to go or do you not want to go? I want to go, yeah. So you'd give up your life to go to I Mars. I just gave
1: up my life for a dog. Yeah, so, well, <laughs> so who cares Mars? about Mars? What if there's you name? and a dog on Mars? Oh, my goodness. That's what the question should have been. Put the dog and I <laughs> on a team to Mars. That would have been it. <laughs> It'd be it. hard to
0: eat his leg when he's got that thermal that space, space suit suit? on. Yeah, yeah I, I know. Never, you can't cut through that with a coconut husk. Uh, but... But would you Would Did, you do it? There's people lining up right now to go on this people, mission right? to Mars where they know they're not coming back. Would no. you
1: do it? No, I won't do that. I won't do that.
0: You won't. You're not even What's knowing. What's
1: on Mars? Who cares?
0: Well, who knows? I got a good idea. What? Okay. Is there a deli on Mars? There, not now, but at <laughs> once. See, that's what this is about. <laughs> to set up the deli? We start the process of colonizing Mars. Before you know it, there's a deli. <laughs> But it's about, you know, here's the thing. History, history might remember Humphrey Bogart. They might remember Bono. They might remember David Bowie and Charlie Chaplin. But you know who history is going to remember no matter what? The first
1: person on Mars? The
0: first Neil Armstrong, the first person on the moon, the first human being to step off the earthly plane. He will be remembered historically permanently. Everyone else will probably kind of, even presidents, fade away. But that guy, when you think about where the human race could be in or five, 6,000 years, Neil Armstrong will be hailed as, as the guy that started it all. So to be one of the people that f- first one to call step on Mars, you're going to be right in the Neil Armstrong category, bro.
1: Yeah, I, I, I hear you. Here I, I hear is you.
0: Ford Austin, awesome, first man to set foot on Mars and eat a dog leg.
1: Man, you know, I I, I think that's really overrated. You don't want it's it. It's very overrated. I'm an, I'm an artist. Yeah. And that's all science, and that's all pioneering. And, you know, I think it's wonderful that there are people out there who really want to do that, but yeah. I would rather try and live another – 70 years and figure out how to make some kind of artistic contribution right that makes people feel good about not going to mars yeah and makes all the people here who are living in overcrowded conditions and really poor sanitation i want to try and help those people more than the people who are going to go to mars 500 years from now got it like do you remember anybody from uh 1776 besides like those top forefathers not really right who was the first guy that stepped on america
0: Well, they claim it was, you know, Chris Columbus, but I don't think historically that's probably technically accurate. Right,
1: because it was probably some Native American like a thousand years before that,
0: right? Sure, but we do know historically that Neil Armstrong was the first human that stepped on the moon. Who was
1: the first person that went down in a scuba suit
0: under the the ocean? Jacques Cousteau?
1: (laughs) You sure it wasn't Bill Murray?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It might have been. But those are all earthly things. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. You want to we- be in outer space? Well, we're talking about Earth is, is the, the scope of our planet, even though it's enormous and there's, it's so intricate. It's such a small dot in the vast expanse of the cosmos that, that true history will probably be remembered by those that ventured out beyond home base.
1: What's the best thing about being on Mars, do you think? I, you know,
0: what would it be? I think it would just, but for me personally, it would be the adventure of going to a place no one's ever been, and and being the starting point for what's yet to come, and to see the isolation and the vastness and the emptiness. It would, it would, you know, it would be like driving out into the desert, to be honest. But uh, or like opening up a Starbucks that, in
1: Muskogee, Oklahoma.
0: Right, but to know there. that you were the start of you, you were you were like the sperm that hit the egg, and. Things started to, to grow and germinate from there which
1: well okay on that thing there's there's always something to be said for the person that starts it but really there's a lot of people that come in with great ideas that they refine things yeah yeah that's kind of what this whole world is built on now especially yeah, yeah. like all the pirating in china you know the first guy to get on mars that's the first guy He's just going to die, right? Yeah. He's going to be like, oh, I did it. Yes, I've only got air for 16 hours. Yeah. And I did it. Yeah. And they're going to be like, yes, okay, now we've got to figure out how to give the guy like 100 hours of air. Yeah. Or maybe two days so that you can figure out how to at least Yeah, yeah, yeah. build up. I don't know, send a signal or something.
0: Yeah, but it's, it's, it's the starting. So, yeah, it, there's no right or wrong answer. I just wanted to see where your head was at.
1: Don't you think they should send animals first?
0: Uh, I don't know. If I could, I got a three-legged dog I could get my hands on.
1: <laughs> I'll build one for you. They should uh, send an animal with this team, though, definitely. They yeah. should send a dog with this team.
0: Yeah, I agree with don't that. Don't you think
1: that would build, like, amazing morale if you're like, oh, hey, buddy, what are you doing over there? Come on, let's go up over that hill and find that rover.
0: Yeah, and there's no gravity, so you could throw a stick for about 922 miles. Yeah, and the dog would just jump yeah. all that way. I like it. See, that's why maybe you Fetch need to go. on Mars. You're thinking. Yeah. You're thinking about stuff. It's
1: full of possibilities.
0: Um, are beluga whales albinos or just really pale whales?
1: I don't see color.
0: Yeah, good answer. That is correct, by the way. So jumping back to your to your movies and your directing and your producing and everything, tell me what is your ultimate dream? script what genre of movie what is your dream script and who would you love to cast as your lead actor and your lead female actor um, if you could direct it what would, yeah. what would the first of all let's start with the genre what what genre of film would be that dream script
1: I guess it's gonna have to be one of those like kind of well the 1970s to me are like the golden age of cinema okay you know you got movies like um, Straight Time with Dustin Hoffman and uh, Harry Dean Stanton yeah and you got movies like Scarecrow with Gene Hackman and Al Pacino and these movies were pioneered by this great symbiosis of directing screenwriting and also the actor bringing so much more to the role than traditionally is explored today. Mm -hmm. Judd Apatow is kind of doing it when he does a lock-off shot and he lets his actors just cycle through wild takes and just spit out lines of all different variations flying from the seat of their pants. But I think I would want to do a movie like that. Okay. And I would want to make a very, very heavy outline, and I would want to work with the actors who really bring some personal life experience and personal ideas. So I guess it would kind of be an, a drama or an action drama or action. a thriller drama. But I like comedies, too. So I go yeah. back and forth. Like, I would want to put you in a comedy. I would want to make, like, uh, what was that astronaut movie you did where you farted in the suit? Rocket Man. Well, I
0: was the first man on Mars. You were the first man on yeah. Mars. Yeah. So yeah. And I farted. That was my contribution. Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, I would want to do a, a buddy comedy with you. Or I'd want to do... This uh, really great thing in the drama thriller thing, and get a, get an actor like Gene Hackman to come out of retirement. Oh, I love
0: Gene. What what happened to him? He's is out. He, he's is he's he
1: a yeah. He writes novels out in Santa Fe. Really? If you're ever in Santa Fe, you can go out there and go to this uh, great cafe called the Pantry that he'll go to have breakfast at. And you kind of he he wound up on an episode of Drivers Diners, Drive-ins and Dives with Guy Fieri.
0: Really? So he doesn't really do movies anymore. He retired.
1: Now he writes these uh, kind of John Grisham type novels. Except I don't think they're set in the world of law. God, but what a phenomenal a actor! He right? He was amazing. French that Connection guy. too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Even even sillier movies like Hoosiers. Like he, yes. he was just so just so natural, and and he was kind of that every man's guy. That's, you know, he was and, everyone's father. He was everyone's boss. He. He could just slip into that role, and he was so convincing and real.
1: I think one of the reasons that was is his training at the actor's studio. Yeah. And he basically became comfortable with just presenting himself in a role and finding himself yeah.
0: in a script. And he could do it, too. Yeah. Ju- he was just mesmerizing to watch. And he'd
1: drive all the scenes he was in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I would want to do that. I would want to get Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman, and who's your female lead?
1: Um, Jennifer Lawrence.
0: Really? <laughs> Why not?
1: I you would think I'd say like Meryl Streep or but are you just saying that because
0: she's like the hot flavor of the month type of thing or do you really either her or Shailene
1: I like Shailene Woodley's really natural performance, you know Shailene Woodley has she's the girl who was in The Fault in Our Stars,
0: oh okay the cancer girl. Yeah.
1: She's also in those divergent movies now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's just something that she does that's it's very s- close to her and I heard a rumor that she doesn't even want to carry a cell phone and she just lives out of a suitcase and I kind of like that off the grid huh. actor lifestyle okay. where people just want to tune out and um
0: interesting. Gene
1: but otherwise, Hackman. other what Gene Hackman and um you know, Jennifer Lawrence or Shailene Woodley because I like their just their 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 whole demeanor and and the way they are themselves. Yeah. Or I would find, you know, some British person, some really famous British actor. Yeah, yeah. Throw them in there, Dame Judi Dench, or maybe some British guy I don't even know, just off the streets in London. Just say, hey, throw
0: them are you in an there. actor?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, I am. I'm a total actor. Absolutely, I'd love to act.
0: And just put that guy in there. Wow, almost you. You maybe you could do it.
1: Well, I guess I actually would love to do it. Yes.
0: Wow. I didn't know you were British.
1: Why not? Yes. Well, From South London. Definitely.
0: I bloody love what I'm hearing right uh, here right now.
1: Why don't you let me hear a British Chewbacca? Are
0: you, what, are you a British Chewbacca? Yeah, British are Chewbacca. You f- are you fucking crazy, mate?
1: No, I'm fucking straight on a level.
0: It's the it's a type of thing you don't normally do on a podcast, no, mate. It's
1: exactly what you've got to do on a podcast if you want to get to episode 569.
0: What? let me get this straight then. You Ford fucking Austin. Yes. Right. Recovered from a fucking car crash. Yes, I did. Want me, Alan Williams, to do a fucking British uh, yeah, woody. The real first man
1: on Mars who fought in his spacesuit. All right,
0: mate. Here it is. C- can you give me a count in from three? All right. In three, two, one. That's British, right that there. That was British. You That's fucking cock, Actually, you were. Definitely right, that's South Cotney. London. Sa- you sounded like uh, like Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins, or like a West End girl
1: type yeah, of thing, or somebody right of a Guy Ritchie film,
0: like God Ritchie, or uh, what is face? Yeah, Hugh you know, Grant. Do a Hugh Grant. I'll do a Hugh Grant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds like Hugh Grant when he was down there on the Sunset Strip. All right. Yeah, definitely yeah, on you know, Denny's. <laughs> so, yeah, you got it, you right there in the mouth. Ah. Oh my goodness. Uh, (laughs) It sounds like he was with your singing teacher. It sounds like. (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) You're thinking about. Uh, all right, so we're coming. Uh, we're coming to the end of our our, uh, our interview, and this no, has been never awesome. leaving. Never well, leaving. No, we, well, here comes the good part. You get to play a game at the end of the interview. By the way,
1: you got a great apartment
0: here in Van Nuys. It's wonderful. This you like our studio? We're yeah. up on the twelfth floor. Yeah, and we look out Van over Korkhouse? Van Nuys and Burbank, mm-hmm. and uh, we like it up here, man. It's my, nice. My boss is up uh, three floors up, Mister Featherstone. A great bail
1: bondsman placed out there outside, the, right next yeah, to the right down the in the, the shoe store.
0: The, yeah. So it's it's cool. It does the job. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I'm th- glad you you like our neighborhood here. Mm-hmm. Um. So here we go. This is uh this is how we end out the show with Ford Austin. We do this with all our guests. We play a little game called Too Soon or Not Too Soon. And all you have to do is guess. You've heard the saying, oh, too soon. Too soon. Right. And there's a certain way you got to say it. Like how would you naturally say it?
1: Too soon.
0: Yeah, that's a g- if if you say mm. it right, too soon. That could be the difference between winning and losing. <laughs> so so you're going to have four questions, too soon or not too soon. Let me read them. You can think about them for a second and let's see how many you get out of 4. Okay. Our first question for too soon or not too soon. Ford Austin, are you ready?
1: Yes, I'm ready.
0: Too soon or not too soon, John Cougar Camp gets skin cancer and changes his name to John Cougar Camp. Too soon or not too soon? It is not
1: too soon. Oh, Mm. I'm sorry. That is wrong. What? What?
0: That is wrong. It just happened? The, the the real answer is it like would today? Was it the, soon. it the news today? Oh yeah, my god! Yeah. Oh, I'm gosh. sorry,
1: I'm sorry, John. Everybody used to say I was like John Cougar Melanoma Camp when I was growing up. too. Is that right? Yeah. Why? I would just looked like him when he was doing little pink houses. That song. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It was a classic. Remember back when MTV actually played music videos nonstop? Yeah, yeah. You'd see like the Eurythmics and. Yeah.
0: The. Yo, yeah. Blondie videos. Those were the days, kid. Yeah. Uh, Question two. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Ford Austin. If you find a severed finger in your bowl of Wendy's chili, do you use it to pick your itchy bum too soon or not too soon? You find a severed finger in your bowl of Wendy's chili and you use it to pick your itchy bum too soon or not too soon.
1: <laughs> Not too soon.
0: Rock, <laughs> rock. Oh my God! Ford. Oh no, the answer is too soon.
1: I got to start looking at the news more.
0: Yeah. All right, you want to? Doesn't move that on? happen
1: like every six months, though? Well, you know, people will find fingers in that food all the time. It's
0: all of. It's all in. It's all your point of reference. Oh, grow yeah. up in
1: Oklahoma and Texas. There's fingers left and right.
0: All right. Well, ready for question three? Chili country. Yes. Fort Austin. Well, the tin man from the Wizard of Oz is sleeping, the cowardly lion gives him a full body rubdown with Olive Garden olive oil <laughs> and then sucks his metal feet. Uh, uh, too soon or uh, uh, not too soon. It's, it's,
1: uh, it's too soon. Oh, yes. It's too soon. Yes, yes, Oh, my God. oh I got you one. Got your I got one. That is
0: too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, no. excellent Exit. A sigh,
1: Just a sigh of relief over <laughs>
0: here <laughs> oh. Alright, you're down to your last question I'm shaking, Let's I'm see shaking Fort Austin, Donnie Osmond <laughs> This is worse than getting out of a wheelchair <laughs> Donnie oh. Osmond's teeth are used to carve a new face Into Mount Rushmore mm. It's the face of John Merrick, the elephant man mm too
1: soon or Mm. not too soon um my head is so big because it's full of dreams (laughs) that's not too soon oh
0: no it's too soon it's too soon oh
1: but i died in 1898 (laughs) i was dead people have been chopping my bones all around i'm i'm the elephant man
0: No, that's not gonna save it. not too soon. It was too soon. Too soon. It was too soon. Usually, all the answers are are too too soon, and you have to say it too soon. Yeah. I only did one. You got one though. I gotta watch. You got the Tin Man. The lion sucking the Tin Man's feet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Even though instinctually I would think it would be not too soon, I answered. You
0: did. You got one, which which doesn't mean you failed. I didn't. I passed. You you barely passed. I passed. Well, Ford, I passed we, the Harlan Highway. You passed the Harlan Highway. You've made it through the toll booth. And we are glad you came up here. We're glad you recovered. We're glad you're okay. Mm-hmm. We want to wish you luck for your movie, The Astronaut. Thank you so Everybody, much. Everybody, keep your eye on that. Uh, keep your eye on Ford. And also, Ford has a, a backlog of other movies and projects. Where can people go online to look at your work, Ford? Oh, if
1: they want to check out IMDb, obviously. Um. Also, actorfordaustin.com is another one.
0: actorfordaustin.com. And then
1: I've got a couple other projects listed in development on fordaustinproductions.com.
0: Okay. Great. And is there anything on YouTube?
1: Yeah, there's a YouTube channel under Angry Baby Monkey. Anywhere there's Angry Baby Monkey on the internet, that's me. That's Please, you. Please uh, go to Twitter, Angry Baby Monkey, and uh, Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, follow me, tweet me. Uh, I would love to answer questions. And if you want to make a movie with me or make a TV show or something, reach out to me, man. I, I'd really love to get people involved in my work because yeah. I think it's a collaborative thing. And definitely, you know, I'm I'm looking for other stuff to make. Good, and, good. You yeah. know, I'd like to thank the entire city of Van Nuys for having me out here today, and thank you, yes. Harlan, oh, you're for having welcome. me on the Harlan Highway.
0: Are you kidding? Absolutely. uh,
1: Really, man. Thank you so much. It's so good to see you.
0: Good to see you, buddy. We love you. Thank you for for being here. I'm so grateful that you made it through your ordeal. And uh, let's keep making magic, whether we're on an island with a three-legged dog, whether we're on Mars, or whether we're right here in Hollywood. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been... The Harland Highway. Please reach out to Ford. Check them out online. Yeah. And and should we do one final, like, singing singing school class thing before we go together? Yes, absolutely. I'll count it down, and we'll do a final thing. Uh, Three, two, two, one. one. Oh, that felt good. All right, that's it. This is Harlan Williams, Ford Austin, my Hooray special guest. for Hollywood. Until next time, everybody. Da, 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 Hollywood. Chicken. Chow yeah. D- um, Baby.